All right, Big D back with another NFL Draft edition. Before I bring in today's special guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. See all my content. Content, the NFL Draft, just a week and a half away. So uh, we'll all be uh, buzzing in Kansas City. Also, check out the Big D podcast for all your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So uh, joining me today, uh, somebody who covers... Uh, College football for CBS and Monday Night Football for ESPN. The and uh, for all your Southwest Florida people, you should you will definitely recognize his voice, David Moulton. Join us. So, uh, David, can you believe it's almost NFL Draft Week? I can. Uh, I definitely can. Uh, excited about it, uh, especially when you've got all the intrigue involving quarterbacks. Who's going to go number one? Does Houston even take one at number two? Does Indy trade up? If so, do they only go to three? Or could they actually make a deal with their division rival? If uh, Carolina takes the quarterback that Houston apparently desperately wants and Bryce Young, you know, what does Seattle and Detroit, who both have two first-round picks, do at five and six? You know, a lot of intrigue at the top of this draft. Yeah, and there's not, and then just like seemingly in most drafts, uh, there are quarterbacks available. So uh, obviously, you cover an SEC game, saw a bunch of these guys. So tell me, tell us what you think about uh, Alabama's Bryce Young. Well, listen, if he was six one, to me, there'd be no question that he'd be the first pick of the draft. He, to me, is an accurate, tough even though he's 5'10", 204, very tough. He took a beating at Alabama, actually. And part of it may be his own fault. He does hold on to the ball trying to make plays, but he did not have the wide receiving core that Mac Jones and Tua and Jalen Hurts played with, quite frankly. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was good, but it wasn't four first-round picks. So Bryce Young, to me, was terrific. And in terms of him in the pocket and his leadership and his toughness, I love him. He's 5'10". Now, Russell Wilson's 5'10 and 5'8", and he went to two Super Bowls and won one, and up until last year was considered an elite quarterback. You know, Drew Brees was listed at six foot and a half inch. I'm 5'10". I looked Drew Brees right in the eyes when I met him in person twice. And so I don't think Drew Brees was any taller than 5'11 and was able to do what he did. So from a skill standpoint, I love Bryce Young. The question is whether or not you think a 5'10 skinny guy can uh, do it, or is the league just too demanding for 5'10, 204? I mean, if if you're Carolina, I, I get why I understand why the Panthers made that trade because uh, Frank White needs a franchise quarterback. But if you're Carolina, Bryson, you're not trading what? all those picks in DJ Moore for CJ Stroud. You're training for Bryce Young, right? Well, it depends. If Did you see CJ Stroud against Georgia? I mean, I did not think CJ Stroud was first overall pick of the draft worthy, but if you watch the Georgia game tape, he is. I mean, it's kind of like what game tape are you going to talk about with Anthony Richardson? You're going to talk about some LSU game tape. You're going to talk about his performance in Knoxville against Tennessee, or are you going to talk about his performance against Kentucky? against Georgia, you know, Anthony Richardson's second half against Utah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's Anthony Richardson tape in which you think, 
oh, I got to take this guy first overall. And there's Anthony Richardson tape in which you go, man, if anybody takes him before late Friday night, you're fired. So, you know, it's the same with C.J. Stroud. Is he a first-round quarterback? Yes. But the Georgia tape, that's very top of the draft tape. And that's against arguably the best personnel that he played against in his two years at Ohio State. Now, he also threw to two, if not three, first-round draft picks at wide receiver. And so, you know, it may be a while before he plays with a wide receiving core as good as the one he's leaving. Unless he ended up in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Right. And he's not going to last till five because he wouldn't get past the Colts at four. And the Colts might even trade up. If he were to get past two, I think the Colts would give up at least a second round pick, if not to move up one spot to three and take him at three. So to me, what will be interesting is, is that the word is taken for what it's worth. Houston really wants Bryce Young. And there's some talk they might even trade up to one to get him. And Carolina drops down to two and takes CJ Stroud. Right now, the word is Carolina is going to take Bryce Young. And that's why Houston's even floating the idea of, you know, we might not necessarily take a quarterback at two. <laughs> okay. But, you know, he's got the he's got the height. He's got terrific pocket awareness. He doesn't like to run, but he has the athleticism that if he has to, he can. He got out of the pocket very effectively against Georgia and made plays on the run that he hadn't necessarily made before because he didn't have to at Ohio State because they were just so clearly better than everybody they played who wasn't named Michigan. But the CJ, but I almost think of CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson in two different realms because CJ oh, yeah. feels like he's got limited on upside but a high floor, while Anthony Richardson's floor is the bottom of the basement, but yet his upside may be higher than anybody in this draft. Okay. If I were to promise you that C.J. Stroud is somewhere around Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, would you take him if you're Houston, if you're Indianapolis? Uh... Now think about it. Those are two guys who went fourth round, by the way, but look at how they've performed. Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. If C.J. Stroud is that type of quarterback, which means he'll be somewhere between the ninth and 12th best quarterback in the league, do you take him? Think of where you are. You're Houston. Think of where you are. Davis Mills is your quarterback. I'm promising you 10 years of Kirk Cousins. You sure you're not taking that? I probably would. But I probably would, but I've also heard Houston may pass and go after Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. Okay. Don't know if you can keep losing. You got a first-year head coach who's certainly not going to tank for a prospect next year. So no guarantee you're going to be able to get your hands on him next year. You've got picks 2 and 12 this year. All right. Listen, we all want a top three, top five quarterback. Most of us are fortunate if we get our hands on a top 10, top 12 quarterback. And maybe that's what C.J. Stroud is. He's top 10, top 12. He's not top three or five. I mean, Jared Goff got to a Super Bowl. There have been a few quarterbacks who have gotten to a Super Bowl. You know, Mark Sanchez won four road playoff games and went to two AFC championship games. 
Is that all Mark Sanchez? Of course not. Blake Bortles was three minutes from a Super Bowl. I know he was. In fact, if they had gotten the call right, because New England clearly fumbled, if they had got and Jacksonville returned it for a touchdown, if they got the call right, Jacksonville would have gone to the Super Bowl, and he would have. So, you know, listen, if I can, considering that a quarterback in the first round is literally a 50-50 proposition, if you take a look at the hit and misses over the last 20 years, if you can give me a hit, but it may not be a chart-topping smash hit. It may just be a top-10 hit. I got to take it. I got to take it. For as much as Vikings fans are complaining about Kirk Cousins, look at how much trouble they're having replacing him. They can't. Correct. Well, there are two other quarterbacks potentially high available in this year's draft: Kentucky's Will Levins and Tennessee's Hendon Hooker. Now, I don't know about you, but it looks like Will Levins is getting ready for the world's strongest quarterback list. I mean, he can throw the ball. He can throw the ball from Estero to Lexington, Kentucky. The only problem is, I think he. I I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I think he's too rigid as a quarterback. He, I think he relies on his own too much. It all depends on what Will Levis tape you're looking at. If you look at the 2021 Will Levis tape, you take him. He was very good. He had an offense coordinator. He'd been around three years. He had a good veteran offensive line and a solid running game. He looked really good on tape. Last year, his offensive line got banged up. He got hurt early in the season in a game at Ole Miss, played through a shoulder injury the rest of the year. He was with a first-year offensive coordinator who ended up getting fired at the end of the year. So 2021 Will Levis is kind of like 2021 Will Anderson. I mean, Will Anderson two years ago, I'm like, oh, this is tough five pick of the draft. Will Anderson got blocked last year. Like the Tennessee tackle, who's considered the fourth-best tackle of the draft, Darnell Walker, he blocked him all game by himself with no help, owned Will Anderson in that game that Tennessee scored 114 points in. All right, so it depends on what tape you're looking at, right? But Bill Walsh, D, used to have a thing. If he saw it once on tape, he drafted the guy, and he thought it was up to the coaches to make sure that that guy produces that all the time. So, you know, Bill Walsh would take Will Levis because of what he saw on tape in 2021. And then uh, Tennessee's Hendon Hooker. 25 years old, torn ACL. I will say this, for the talk of, well, you know, Baltimore might take him at 22 or Minnesota might take him at 23. There's been seven quarterbacks drafted outside the top 20 in the last 13 drafts. Only one of them's been a really good quarterback. Lamar. Correct. Okay. You got Tebow, you got Brandon Wheaton. All right. I can go. You've got Paxton Lynch. You've got Johnny Manziel. These are all taken between 21 and 32. Teddy Bridgewater was taken 32nd overall. Now he got hurt. That was a bit of a fluke thing. He was doing pretty well before that. And Jordan Love is the other one. But of the seven, one's an incomplete with Jordan Love because he's hardly played. And one's has made it obviously big in Lamar. And of the other five, four were busts and Teddy's a journeyman. 
So history from 2010 to now says, don't try to draft your quarterback in the 20s. Because quite frankly, most teams only have about 17, 18 guys graded as first round picks. And if you're trying to take your quarterback in the 20s, it means you're probably not drafting a first round quarterback. And how many quarterbacks not in the first round and not named Tom Brady make it big? Not many. I think, yeah, especially, but seemingly, seemingly the 20s might be a no zone for quarterbacks. And I mean, Henry Hooker's also coming from a weird offense what's, where we don't know how it would translate from college to the NFL. I'll say, Dylan, I was a big believer in what you were saying until Mahomes. You know, nobody had played in what I used to call a chuck and duck offense and had done anything in the NFL until Mahomes out of Texas Tech. And since Patrick Mahomes, we've had a few guys who played in chuck and duck offenses in college who are doing okay on Sundays. So up until a few years ago, I was with you on that. Here's what you can, and I've asked people, how do you evaluate Tennessee wide receivers and quarterbacks because of the funky offense they play in? And they say at wide receiver, you have to look at when they were jammed. Could they get off of a jam? And what kind of routes did they run? Did they just run straight a lot? Or did they actually you know, run good patterns? You try to check that out. The same with Hendon Hooker. Hooker's very good in the pocket. Now, he's not super athletic. He's big and he's strong, okay? Not a terrific runner, not awesome on the run throwing, but he's actually really adept in the pocket of avoiding the rush, setting, and making the throw. Very accurate. I think Hooker, by the way, I think there's a chance that all five quarterbacks go certainly top 16 because I don't see any of them getting past uh, Washington, but I think they could all go Got my list here. Um, I think they all go top twelve. Ooh, that would be interesting. That would be a spicy draft. Yep. And what I'll be curious about is if one of them falls to Tampa Bay at nineteen. Because here's if you get past Houston's second first round pick, Dylan, Jets going to take a quarterback? No. Patriots probably not. Even though they're apparently unhappy with Mac Jones. Green Bay, of course not. Washington. Possibly, possibly Washington if one of these five falls to 16. Pittsburgh, no. Detroit, possible because they're not going to take one at six. It's possible that they say, you know what? We got this bonus pick. We'll draft the heir apparent to golf. It's possible. But then you got Tampa at 19. Tampa brought Will Levis in for an interview a week ago. I'll be curious if one of these five falls to Tampa at 19, because Kyle Trask is obviously not the answer. And Baker's probably just a placeholder. So what would Tampa do if one of these guys fell to 19? I think Tampa's hoping to get one of the tackles to fall to 19. But what if one of the quarterbacks falls? I would think. I mean, you go from Tom Brady to Will Levis. Or Hendon Hooker. I mean, I'm just saying, what if one of these guys falls and you go, you know what? Can't pass on a guy that we think is a franchise quarterback. Because I know he's 25 years old, and even if he doesn't play much this year because of the ACL and what have you. If he got 10 years out of a quarterback out of the draft, would you consider it a good first-round pick? Yeah. So you get So you get age 26 to 35. Might be pretty good, right? 
I'm, you know, take a look at Tampa Bay's history at quarterback before Brady. Ugh. Uh, yeah, a lot of that, yes. Trent Dilfer, Josh Freeman. Well, and even, you know, Jameis, very inconsistent for the highs and the lows and the whole deal. I, I mean, right, Josh Freeman, his second year in the league, he looked like he was going to be a top-five quarterback. And two years later, he was out of the league. Uh, the most intriguing non-quarterback prospect in this draft to me is Georgia's Jalen Jalen or Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, correct. And, I mean, there's a lot of good, bad, and ugly. Bad and ugly, we know what happened with the speeding tragedy in, uh, in Atlanta, and the pro day was even worse. But on tape, he looked like the best player in this draft. So would you take him and where do you think he ends up going? Well, and I hate, I'm not being flippant when I say this, but I have talked to a few NFL people and I said, what concerns you more? The drag racing incident in the car or how he showed up for his pro day and how he took from the end of the season to his pro day, not very seriously, didn't work out the whole deal. And they said, oh, the pro day. Pro Day concerns us a lot more than the racing incident. You know, that was, you know, a stupid thing to do, ended tragically, and uh, in theory, you think he'll never do it again. And many of us did stupid things when we were between the ages of 19 and 22 that we look back on now and go, whew, got lucky there. You know, I was involved. I wasn't the driver, but I was actually in the car in an incident like that when I was in my teens, and we came over a hill and nearly got, you know, run into head on. And I was a pretty responsible kid. But I, and I was with three other guys who we were pretty responsible. But we did a stupid teenage thing and nearly paid for it with our lives. So if I was an NFL scout, I'd be more worried, quite frankly, about the fact that once he got away from the team, he apparently wasn't very serious about this. But there was no question, D, on the field. Oh, he was the best player in college football. I mean, that was that was Indomica Sue-esque. That was Warren Sapp-esque last year at Georgia. I mean, beating a guy with one arm, a 300-plus pound lineman with one arm, and moving him out of the way so that with his other arm, he could grab the quarterback and sack him and hold him up in the air. I, I mean, no, seriously, that's this guy is going to have a gold jacket type of holy blank. I mean, so who are you drafting here? It, to me, first off, he definitely doesn't get past Philly at 10, but I'm not sure he gets past Seattle, Detroit at five, six. I think they say we got two first round picks. We got a chance to get a perennial pro bowler here. We have a chance to have the best defensive tackle in the league and I ain't passing it up. And I'll be very surprised if both Pete, Carroll and Dan Campbell pass on Jalen Carter. I know off the field, a lot of concerns. Okay. Some of the Georgia coaches aren't necessarily saying great things about him. There's no doubt, but from what you've seen on tape, yeah, there ain't nobody in this draft who has the tape that he does. I mean, that Tennessee tape was one of the best single game performances of the year. And, uh, I think Carter's a top five, six pick because you look at Seattle, Pete Carroll's taken a lot of guys for character concerns. And you imagine Jalen Carter and Eden Hutchinson for the next 10 years. Ooh, exactly. Tennessee North teams. Exactly. It's why I don't think between those two, 
that, you know, guys who coached winning teams last year in Seattle and Detroit, and they have their, you know, plus coaches have an ego. They think they can be the ones to harness this guy. So I, I think he goes five, six Seattle, Detroit, somewhere there. What team do you think will try and move up the draft? Because we've already seen Carolina move up from nine to one. Which team do you think moves up? I mean, could it be Philly? Philly. I mean, when you're that close to winning a Super Bowl, I don't necessarily think you stay pat and go 10 and 30 and then your second round pick. I I could see Philly packaging 30 with 10 and moving up high to grab somebody, maybe an edge rusher who wouldn't be Jalen Carter, by the way, I could also see them trading their late first round pick uh, for Buda Baker, you know, something like that. I don't think Philly stands pat at 10 30 and then their late second round pick. I think Philly last year, remember they, uh, they traded up, they used their first round pick, one of them to get AJ Brown. And then they traded their other first round pick so that Olave went to uh, the Saints and they got a first-rounder this year and moved around. I I think Philly will be aggressive. They're close. The NFC's wide open, all right? I, I think they realize this is our window. Let's go. And plus, who's the most aggressive GM on draft night? Howie Roseman. He's like Jimmy Johnson 2.0. Uh, another one that I think could be aggressive is Ron Rivera in Washington. He's obviously going to have a new owner and the best he's done so far is eight, eight, and one. He won the division once, but he did so at seven and nine. So I think Ron Rivera feels is like, you know, we got to, and whether it's to trade up to grab a quarterback or I don't know, but I, I could see Washington being aggressive and moving up from 16. Yeah, because they're almost like in no man's land because I don't think what – I mean, unless Will Levis falls, I almost think the commanders are in like that no man's land. Well, they can get a very good player. They can get a starting corner. They can get a starting offensive lineman, probably a tackle. You know, what's interesting, though, if you're Washington, you've spent all those resources on the defensive line. I don't know if you could spend any more even if you're about ready to move on from some of these defensive linemen. Not sure if you're trading up, you're trading up for an edge rusher, of which there's going to be like four or five of them that are really good and first-round pick worthy in this draft. I'm just wondering right now, you're Washington. I mean, you okay with Sam Howell? You willing to put your career in the hands of a fifth-round pick at quarterback out of North Carolina last year? You sure? Played one game for you, played fine. But are we sure about this? If we have a chance to move into the top 10 and grab one of these quarterbacks, we sure we're not going to do it? Remember, you're playing in the NFC, but you're also playing in the NFC East, where you were 500 last year, and that was good enough for last. And look at the division you're in. You're going to go up against Dak and Jalen Hurts for a while. And even Daniel Jones is better than what you have. I mean, it would be interesting. I'm I'm intrigued what the Bills do because I feel like the Bills last year disappointed a little. It's funny you call number two C in the AFC disappointed, but the Bills didn't look quite the same. They lost some guys. I wonder what the Bills do draft night. Do the Bills move up and get one of these 
corners. Maybe uh, I mean I don't know if they can go up and get uh, Weatherspoon from Illinois or uh, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, or even a wide receiver because everybody's wondering like when Gabe Davis is going to show up when he never does. Well, he did up until midseason last year, and then he disappeared on them. There's no doubt Buffalo was a different team once Von Miller got hurt on Thanksgiving. And the problem is they've invested in some defensive linemen in the first round in recent drafts who, quite frankly, are just not good enough. I mean, Josh Allen, uh, or not Josh Allen because he's with Jacksonville, but Ed Oliver and uh, Rousseau, I, I mean, they're they're fine. They're okay. But – I mean, they drafted one guy in the top 10 and the other guy late in the first round, and they couldn't pick it up when Von Miller got hurt. I mean, they just couldn't. They weren't good enough. And I'm wondering if you're Buffalo, do you take a look at the edge rushers and go, you know, maybe we need to trade up into the top 10 or top 11 or whatever and get our hands on an edge rusher? Yeah, with Tyree, with uh, Wilson from Texas Tech, Will Anderson, uh, Murphy from Clemson, or the kid from Iowa, Van Hoos. Van, right. Van Hoos. And and that's what I'm wondering because otherwise, if you're Buffalo, you know you're you're hoping for one of the corners to fall to you. Uh, wide receivers are probably not good. There maybe three first round wide receivers in this draft. It'll be interesting. Where does Robinson, the running back from Texas, go? Uh, who most people have as a top 10 player on their board, but nobody takes a running back in the first round anymore. So, you know, I mean, Buffalo should get a good player. I just, if you're the Bills and you're trying to pass the, the Chiefs and the Bengals, do you try to get an impactful player out of this draft? Remember, they've made big moves before, up and down. And they gave up a first round pick for Diggs. I mean, they're willing to make the big move. Is there a player, though, that they look at in which they know, hey, I got to move into the top 10 to get him? Remember, Buffalo's at 27. When the Chiefs moved up to get Mahomes, they moved up to 10. I think they moved up from like 25 or 26 to get to 10. And look at what they had to give up. They had to give up two ones and a three to make the move. So if you're Buffalo, is there someone in the top 10 that you're like, I'll give up my number one next year and another draft pick to move up from 27 and take? So ultimately, uh, ten ten days from today, uh, how do you think the top ten of the NFL draft look? What would your mock top ten draft look like right now? My mock top ten would not have a wide receiver. It would not have a running back. It would not have a tight end, and it would only have one offensive lineman. I think that Skaronsky will go either nine or ten. I mean, the Bears should take the best offensive lineman on the board at nine. I mean, they really should. I mean, if you're going to try to make this work with Justin Fields, could you give him some damn help? I mean, please. So, I mean, that's what the Bears should do. So that's what I would expect uh, at nine. And anything could happen anywhere else. I mean, does Tennessee move up from 11? to three, say with Arizona, and they draft their quarterback at Tannehill entering the final year of a deal at big money, and they move on from Ryan after this year. I mean, D, I think anything's possible with the first round of this draft. I really do. And I think that teams are more likely to miss on quarterbacks than hit. I think this could be the draft where Jake Locker went 10 and Blaine Gabbert went 10 and Christian Ponder, or Locker went eight, Gabbert 10, and Christian Ponder went 12. 
And we look back three years later and went, holy blank, what were they thinking? I, I think we're more likely to have more misses than hits on first-round quarterbacks. I feel like this is one of the weirdest drafts I can remember because other than maybe Jack Smith and Jake, but they they aren't any wide receivers I like. It's funny. I like the tight ends more than the wide receivers. Yeah, there's two of them who most people feel are first-round tight ends. Neither will probably go in the top 20. A lot of people have a tight end linked to Dallas at 26. If you wanted to guarantee a spot where a tight end would go, all right, to the Cowboys at 26 is probably a pretty good bet. Why don't I've, – I've got a couple interesting teams for you. The Lions at 18 and the Jags at 20, 20, 24. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the Lions trade T.J. Hawkson, and you imagine – I mean, yeah, the Lions already went down the road with a former first-round wide tight end, but you imagine Dalton Kincaid or Michael Mayer there. Well, it would, you know, they also have a top three offensive line, and they've got two very good wide receivers. Uh, What I'm curious about, if you're the Lions and Robinson, the running back from Texas, is there or your top-rated tight end is there, who would you take? I would take the running back. Because first off, it's a pretty good I, – I might be able to get a, a tight end in the second round. But yeah. if I'm Detroit, let me tell you, it better be somebody that I'm willing to put my job on because I should be drafting defense. I mean, what kept me out of the playoffs last year, what's keeping me from being an elite team in the NFC is the fact that our defense is not even close to average. I mean, our defense is not good. And so it, it better be somebody dynamic, D at six or 18 on offense for me to take him as opposed to me going best defensive player on the board, best defensive player on the board. Well, B. John would be, well, B. John would be that guy. Well, no, he'd be best player on the board. Okay. But I'm just saying, okay, do I need a running back, even though I'm willing to put my job on him because he's the top 10 player in this draft, but am I willing to take him over taking a defensive lineman who I can add to the fray. And, you know, their interior, their defensive tackle play was not good. They were awful against the run. I mean, it's why I think Jalen Carter doesn't get past them at six. It's going to be next week's draft is going to be very fascinating in Kansas City. Uh, I expect all kinds of chaos and uh, at least one, what do you know what were they thinking? Uh, by the way, I could see the Steelers taking a tight end at 17, putting them next to Fryermuth. And, and, oh, by the way, take a look at the Steelers' offense. Uh, if that offensive line could ever get above average, they've actually put the pieces back together again. If Pickett's above average and that offensive line's above average, they got a tight end, they got three wide receivers, and they got a running back. Uh, they could get good again quickly. And maybe the best pass rusher in football. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, Look, by the way, for Pittsburgh, who, remember, made that deal with the Bears last year in which they sent Chicago a wide receiver and they got their second-round pick. Steelers have the first pick of the second round. I don't see how Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa, gets past the Steelers at 32. He would be perfect for them inside to replace Shazier who, you know, they haven't adequately replaced since he got hurt five years ago. 
All right, David. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, we know you. We know you will watch more football than anyone I know. So uh, thanks for hopping on, and uh, we wish you well. So, in other words, I need to get a life. Is that what you're saying? <laughs>